Hello, everyone. This is your host, Tiernan McCarthy-Kenny from Tiernan's Tea Time. This week, we talk a little NBA and a little MMA, a.k.a. Conor McGregor. Stay tuned. I'll see you on the other side. I know I'm a little late to the party here, but in my defense, there aren't really any superstars in this trade, but I still want to talk about it nonetheless. I'm sure you heard it talked about to death, but I'll give you my take a bit. So, if you didn't know, the Raptors and the Knicks took a trade together. OG, Precious, Malachi Flynn from Toronto, then from the Knicks, it was RJ. Emmanuel quickly and a 2024 second round pick. Now, for the Raptors, you're not totally surprised. OG, Siakam, all those guys were in trade talks the entire summer. Um, so you kind of knew they were on their way out. Plus, there are some internal issues there, which we'll discuss a little bit later. Um, then the Knicks, everybody was surprised about because, especially Emmanuel quickly. This year, last year, he was all in six-man-of-the-year talks. Nobody really thought that. I mean, especially he was kind of their spark off the bench. Nobody really thought that he'd be in a trade. And then R.J. Barrett, he's been thrown around in trade talks a bit, but nobody really knows where they are on him. Nobody knows where they stand on him. Me, personally, I'll give you my take. I don't really believe in him much. I think I actually think the Toronto move will be a bit better for him. I think he's somebody that needs to kind of be the number two guy or number one guy, similar to, similar to like, and I don't want to say Kyle Kuzma because I really do like Kyle Kuzma, but somebody like that, maybe a Lamelo Ball who, who shines on a shitty team, or actually uh, Porzingis is a good idea or a good uh, pick. He's obviously good on the Celtics, but somebody who just shines on a shitty team, no real pressure. Things like that. And I think R.J. Barrett is going to do a similar thing in the Toronto. And everybody's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Knicks, Knicks. Do you guys regret it? you guys regret it? Things like that. Um, which they do all the time with other people. But the Emmanuel quickly won too. 100%. I'm kind of with it. I'm not saying he's he's... The Knicks couldn't have benefited or continued to find success with him but I don't get what the hype is about I understand he'll have games where he goes off whoa fantastic especially too when he's third year in the league I get it he's shown signs he's averaging and he's only averaging 11 points man this is what I don't get like yeah if you're good as a rookie in the NBA right you'll average like 15 points 14 points 13 points Fantastic. Even when they have games like Hame, he's averaging like 13 points. But up games where he goes off for 30. Quickly did the same thing. That's why he got all rookie. I get it. But this is year three, and we're talking about him crazy. And this guy is averaging so far this year 15 points. He's averaging 15 points. Okay? On 45% field goal shooting. And that's. I mean, not crazy. He's averaging 15 points off the bench. Okay, great. 
That's not like anything crazy. I mean, scoring 20 points a game now in the NBA is not that big a deal compared to compared to a couple of years ago. That was that was pretty significant. He's averaging below. He's averaging sub 20. He's never. This is the most he's ever scored before um, per game. So I don't totally get it. Um, I understand he was a spark up the bench, good six man for them. But it's not like trading Brunson. I feel like some people are kind of acting like it's trading this huge piece. It's not. You can win without quickly. Um, I think, honestly, my whole take, I think this this trade is going to be better in the long run. You got OG, who's... There's not that many guys like him. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can do a bit of everything. He's a, one of the top defensive players in the league. Um, he's kind of having a bit lower every year in terms of uh, perimeter defense, things like that. But nonetheless, he's one of the best in the league. Um, then you got Precious, who actually I'm pretty high on. And I think, well, actually, he's I mean, he's an undersized sort of big. He's like a center, kind of four guy, but he's only 6'8". And 225, too. It's kind of low. Um, not really was I expecting, but his presence is a lot bigger than that. Like before I saw that, I would have thought he was like six eleven. Um, I liked him. I liked him in in high school. He did pretty good um, in college, and but when I saw him on Miami, his his rookie year, he was kind of a good rim runner. Uh, good give you a good 10, 15 minutes, you know, off the bench. And uh, I always liked him. I thought he was always a good person to have on your team. Same thing with Toronto. He was he was fine. Um, so with, uh, Mitchell Robinson out, I feel like that's a pretty good guy to have sort of as a backup. I don't know. I think it's a good presence on your, on your team, you know? Um, and I, I, I'm kind of happy for OG and Precious to kind of get out of Toronto. I think Toronto is going to implode, to be honest. I, I think that that team's had internal issues for a long time. Siakam wants out. Uh, they just lost Fred Van Vliet, then OG, new coach. Um, it's not, it's not looking great. Uh, I like Scotty Barnes. There's a couple pieces on that team that I like, I admire. I think they're good. I think they'll have good careers. But I think this was a great trade. Uh, I think it was pretty even for the most part of what you're putting away, what you're getting back sort of thing. But I think in the long term, the Knicks will be victorious in this trade. And it kind of looked like it already. I mean, if you look at the... At the NBA standings right now, they're currently eighth in the league, 19 for 15. But that sixth spot, they're all tied. And that might differ tonight. But we're recording this on a Friday, the, is it the 5th? Oh, it's the 6th of January. Um, so far, right now, while I'm recording this, that spot is all tied. So... The Magic, Cleveland, and the Knicks are all tied for sixth. And they're all three of those teams are only a half a game back from Indiana at fifth. So it's pretty close. This is a pretty close uh, move here, you know. They could easily be the fifth team in the East in two seconds. And that's actually, I think that's where I projected them uh, earlier this year, fourth. Um, oh, actually, I just refreshed it. Jeez, how long did I have this up? I just refreshed it and all just changed. Um, still the same thing. It's actually now that four, fifth spot is all tied. So Miami, Orlando, Cleveland, and New York all tied for fifth. And they're 
all half a game back from Indiana from fourth. So not that big of a difference, but still. Um, Knicks obviously on a three-game win streak. Well, Toronto, Toronto just lost the other night. So, I mean, it's steady improvements. And I watched them against the Bulls, too. And they look pretty good. I'm not saying that the Bulls are great. I wish I could say that. I'm currently 10th in the East. Hopefully a play-in team. That would be amazing. Like, anything right now. Um, but they looked pretty good. And they kind of shut them down a bit. And, I mean, they came all the way back. The, the Bulls were up at half. In the beginning, I mean, it started off pretty rough. The Knicks were up like 17-2, something like that. Bulls came back up at half, and in the third quarter, they just lost it. Um, Knicks ended up winning by a good amount, even though it was a pretty close game. I mean, it got close by like the two-minute mark in the fourth, but Knicks just pulled it out and got a dub. But they looked good. Like I, I actually it was one of the good games that I watched for them. Uh, they're entertaining. I like that team. They're a good little team. Um, and especially with those guys, they might be able to – Randall's – pretty much the most controversial guy there obviously everybody's beloved with with Brunson OG has been a good start for them um who knows maybe ship off Randall try to get a trade uh get a real big you know Mitchell Mitchell Robinson paired with somebody would be great um what's coming in mind is Jared Allen but he's you need somebody better than that if you're giving away Randall you need somebody with some better offensive output you know because they don't have really have another score like that OG can't do that he's more of a defender so I don't know. That's a, that's a thought. That's a thought. Um, that'd be really cool of them. Also, I want to pivot here, and I want to talk about the Lakers to a degree. I don't have much to say about them. I just have a little bit since they've kind of been into question a bit with this whole Darvin Ham situation. And I just want to highlight that every coach – well, I, w- I want to ask you guys. Obviously, I'm not going to get a response here. I'm talking to a mic and a camera. But – is it just me, or do I feel like every anybody who coaches LeBron's teams is almost just like a fake? Like kind of how people think Joe Biden is right now, that he's just a fake, almost like a wax figure kind of going through the motions, and there's somebody else in the background controlling everything. That's how I feel about LeBron's coaches and LeBron. LeBron's behind the curtain, the man behind the curtain, if you will, controlling everything. And I feel like everybody who coaches him isn't a real coach. It's just this weird weird thing in my mind, and I legitimately believe that. So I just don't I don't respect anybody who's coached him. I think Ty Lue is the only guy, really, that you can give some sort of kudos to. But everybody who coaches LeBron ends up getting fired, and that's not a lot to say because almost if you're given to be a coach, you're almost that's just what you expect. It's a, it's a get hired, then get fired situation. But it's just every time. And it's so weird. He just has these patterns, right? If you get these guys, you well, LeBron's changed teams, right? He gets to a team. He gets another star or another couple stars. He kind of tries to build his roster as much as possible, get a nice, nice little stacked team going on, right? Then he goes with that. And the minute, the minute they start to have a, a low, they hit a low, he freaks out. And everybody gets traded. And it's either he'll just have these dudes from... He'll, sometimes he'll even just like say stuff right in the, the interviews talking about, oh, uh, we're too top-heavy or this and that. And he'll kind of just let it go out. Um, and almost put teams in a corner because then you don't know if LeBron's just going to dip. 
So you kind of have to do everything he says. Um, and then you know he'll have little diva moments like the other night when he just walks out of a game early. Things like that where you're like, what the fuck are you doing? How are you a leader on the team and you just walk out of a game because you're pissed off? Sort of stupid shit. And it's not like you're you're doing crazy shit and you're like, all right, I really need to get out of here to cool down. It's like, no, you're being a little diva and just walking off the court, okay? Um, so he'll do these things where you're like, okay, that's a sign, that's a sign, that's a sign. Somebody's getting traded. So then your whole locker room is just freaking out because they don't know if they're going to be shipped to Dallas in two days or something like that, you know? So they're in a weird spot now where the whole, everybody's in question of Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham. Is he going to get fired? Is he going to get fired? Yes, he's probably going to get fired for everybody who's asking. They all do. He's probably going to get fired. Now, who's going to get traded? D'Lo's getting out. Duh. We all know LeBron doesn't like him. Not playing with him. Um, they need a real playmaker anyway. My pick, which... Everybody's kind of going to the Zach Levine route, obviously, because he's one of the highest uh, guys in terms of like the trade deadline, all that stuff, obviously. Um, the only real argument for him is the offensive output. Everything else doesn't really click, right? He can't really, he's not a real playmaker or anything like that. Uh, defense, he's not that great. Um, he's a, he, I mean, he's a shitty turnover rate anyway, so would it, why... It's one thing to get the offensive output, yeah, but you still need a playmaker. LeBron could do it, but it's not. He he can't do it all the time, and you can't rely on these two, especially now. That's one thing, too. I mean, it's not gun on notice, but these two have been healthy the entire year, which means, yeah, it's great, but which this means that it's going to implode at some point. So you need to get people that are able to be there, and it sucks because it's both of your guys. Right, if it was one guy, it's like, all right, we still got Anthony Davis who's playing, who we can count on to be there the whole time. We don't need as much of a crutch, but Anthony Davis is like that too. So you can't rely on either of these guys, and that's the one thing about Levine is at least he can you can get somebody who can score at one of the highest levels, but he can't really do much else. So then what? My pick: go get Dejounte Murray right now. He is in a terrible spot in Atlanta. He's can be. He led the league in steals a year. He's a great defender. Um, I think he's having a little worse of a year, but it's also situational. And he could also give you buckets and be a guard, point guard. Like, come on, man. Give him. Get him. Let's talk to Kyrie, all this different shit. Fuck that. Go get DeJounte Murray. He'd be perfect on both ends, especially when you got uh Vanderbilt in and out of the lineup who's your main perimeter defender like if you're not getting a Caruso or somebody you also need somebody like that because you don't have much size either you don't have any shooting and you don't really have much size I mean you got Jackson Hayes who's a bumpkin you got Anthony Davis of course who's fantastic and then what else man like what else do you got you don't really have any like they should go after some of these guys like a Daniel Tice or uh, I mean, I don't know. There's a couple guys, but they're kind of locked up. So it's tough to say. I don't really know who's even available. But they need they need size and they need somebody, like, they need some shooting. They can't shoot for shit. Um, it's awful. And their, their points, like, they need, I mean, they do need more scoring. They definitely do. Um, they're currently 24th out of 30 in 20 points per game, averaging 112 points per game. And defense are actually about right. 
But imagine they had DeJounte Murray too. Anthony Davis, Vanderbilt, and DeJounte Murray. They'd be similar at least in terms of defense that can contend somewhat with the Timberwolves in terms of the perimeter and then having a little bit of that interior game um, not as much as Timberwolves but they need something you know there are so many teams everybody's big now everybody can shoot and they kind of lack both of these things so they need to figure it out I think go after DeJounte Murray somebody that can give it to you good on both ends and somebody that needs a team he needs a better situation and I mean in the beginning of the year I thought this team was going to be great uh, but they've really shit the bed. I mean, I thought Gabe Vincent would be better. He's just been hurt. Um, I thought Christian Wood would have more of a role, but he's not He's not really playing much. I mean, you also got Rui, too, but he's 6'8", man. This is another thing. Like, these bigs, they're, he's 6'8". Christian Wood's 6'8". Jackson Hayes is the only 7-footer. Um, then you got Colin Castleton, who I don't even know who that is. Um, he's 6'11". He doesn't play. Never seen that name in my life. Um, Anthony Davis is 6'10". LeBron's 6'9". So you got LeBron and Anthony Davis, like, literally the second tallest people on your team. What the fuck is that? That's got to change. Um, I mean, you can also try a little Austin Reeves, uh, more of a role like that, but I think he's been doing better in the way he is. They need to figure it out um, because they're either going to lose LeBron or LeBron's going to have a hissy fit and want everybody fired. And not in a public way, but he's just going to get everyone fired. They're currently 17-19, uh, 11th. One, half a game back from Golden State uh, in the plan. I thought they were going to be like top six. I think I think a lot of people did, and it's actually pretty surprising that they're not. But this is how it works sometimes. Sometimes it does. People don't gel. That's just how it goes. Um, so that's my take. I think... Whatever, fire Darvin Ham, don't fire him. I think it's going to be the same exact thing. I think LeBron controls that team. And even the coach, I think, just is grabbed by the – LeBron grabs him by the balls. I don't think a coach makes a difference. I think they're they're fake. And I think they need to go get DeJounte Murray. Go tell him right now. Um, We're going to talk a little Conor McGregor. First, I want to take a break. Finally, I have an excuse to talk about this lad, Conor McGregor. So finally, he announced a fight date for him and Michael Chandler, which, of course, we were all expecting a brawl last month. Um, obviously, it didn't happen due to USADA and all the different bullshit, but now USADA's out of the picture, and hopefully something's a brewing. So if you didn't see the video, Conor McGregor posted on New Year's Day, little suave video with him and some red wine talking about he wants Chandler 185, which in UFC would be a middleweight, which would be his fourth fourth fucking weight class. And a weight class above, um, I think it's one weight class or two weight classes above Michael Chandler. He usually fights late weight, which is around 155. Um, so that means he doesn't have to cut. 30 fucking pounds and same thing for mcgregor i think the last last fight you had was lightweight um same sort of thing pretty much they both don't have to cut i don't know what connor's weighing at now with off roids and things like that um 
he definitely lost some weight, but I, I, I mean, I don't know what his peak. I know there, there are some videos of him at 190 supposedly and stuff like that. So he might even be lighter than that. and still has to bulk up a bit. Who knows? Um, but it should be interesting, especially where neither of them have to cut. Very, very fun. But we haven't seen Dana really respond much. At least I haven't seen to this day. I haven't seen him post about it. I haven't seen him a video, anything like that of the sort talking about it. Um, and it is far away. I mean, it's another six months. Who knows? Like with Connor, he could pull out or have something happen. Um, now I know I, you saw it was gone. I know they're going to have some sort of uh, regulations against roids and testing and stuff like that. It still might be a thing. Maybe it pushes it even more. Um, we don't know. There's a lot of variables, but it seems like it's brewing a bit. Um, and I don't think he would announce really a date and that sort of build up if there wasn't any sort of, uh, foundation behind it in terms of it actually be with making that pose. I think there was intention behind it. So that's exciting. Um, I'm, I'm also just happy that he's kind of relevant again honestly he kind of in my mind ex didn't exist for a while there um well, I got hurt and then he had his doc come out last year that got me fired up and then then there was ongoing the ultimate fighter bullshit between him and Chandler we thought we were there gonna fight all this different stuff didn't work out and now we're here um and I wanted to bring up a piece that uh Chuck Mendel Mendenhall at the ringer rope and it was a timeline of Conor McGregor since he last fight and I go through it and there were so many like oh my god remember that holy shit remember that like um right after he kind of got surgery a couple months later he had that fight with Machine Gun Kelly or a little scuffle um at the MTV VMAs it was like oh shit Remember that, like, just random, he just gets into so many random dust-ups and, like, things like that. I even saw a video the other day. It was, I guess, somebody who knew uh, fighting at Bellator, and he jumps into the cage after his guy won and then tries to fight, like, the ref. Almost tries to fight the ref. You're like, what the fuck? Like, stuff like that almost looks like media stunts, but then it happens so much where you're, like, and it gets into, like, court drama, things like that, and you're like, that can't be for a media stunt. Like, I don't know. Um, so there's a Machine Gun Kelly one, the one, like I just said, jumping into the octagon. Um, he, there was the, uh, what's it called? The um, the Heat game one. That was, like, the oddest one where a lot of people's take, I think his take, too, uh, Chuck Mendel Mendenhall, I keep want to say Mendel, um, said that they think he just wanted to stay relevant in terms of how uh, strong he is and punching and all that stuff. So he, he decked the fucking mascot guy in the stomach and made him go to the hospital. Like, who y'all remember that? Like, just random, like, what they think, ego-driven stuff. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe if he did it, like, didn't think it was going to be as hard. Like, I don't know. But just, like, weird. And then he had a bunch of uh, dangerous driving stuff. He had some uh, lawsuits with... Uh, some of his buddies in his company, Proper 12. And then there's also just like, besides the rumors of acting, which is just fucking weird, uh, he just goes to beefing with 
everyone, dude. Like, so many randos. Like, Poirier, Nate Diaz again. Like, all these different people, new people, random people. Going after everyone. Chandler now. Like, and Chandler for a while. Uh, Khabib again. Islam. Like, so many people. Islam and him would be a good fight. Say he dusts up Chandler. Like, that would be a great fight if he looked, like, dominant. Um, that'd be so fun, especially at the press conferences for that could be in Islam's corner. Like, oh my God, I would love that. But he just had such a weird run of it the last couple of years, almost three years now. And I cannot wait to get, and there was also the UFC rumor or the WWE rumor, excuse me. Um, oh my God, that would have been the worst thing ever. That's when I lost respect for Ronda Rousey. He was like, okay, uh, get the fuck out of here. Um, so many, oh, there's just so many good things. Now there was a sexual assault one that recently happened. I'm just skimming through this right now. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Sexual assault one was interesting too. Um, and it's like, is he really with his wife still or not? Like, I don't get it. They're just fake together. Cause now she's had, she's giving birth to their fourth kid or just gave birth to their fourth kid. So it's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so weird. Uh, KSI, he was talking shit about KSI. Um, understandably so. A dude thinks he's a fighter or can't fight for shit. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky, oh my god, that's another one. Like, Sean Strickland. Just so weird. It is so weird. He has such a weird career, you know? Like, he just has such a odd career. And that's in two years, or three years, man. That, that was from... We're dating this back to December 31st, 2023. That all started. He got hurt in July 21. So that's two and a half years there of just crazy shit. Imagine going through all that stuff in two and a half years. Get the fuck out of here. So I'm excited. Um, I'm really excited. And I think this is a good matchup. I mean, Chandler's always entertaining. Obviously, Conor McGregor's the king of entertainment. Um, and Chandler's a tough fight, but he's not so tough where you're like, all right, dude, this is way too much in the comeback. Cause obviously you want to, you want to have like some sort of not easy fight, but I mean, some people would probably pick an easy fight. I don't think he's going to want to do that. Clearly, excuse me. Clearly he doesn't want to do that. Um, but it's like a middle of the road fight where it's not so hard, but it's not too easy where people are going to be like, what the fuck? Um, it kind of sucks though for Chandler because if Chandler wins, it's going to be like, all right, McGregor's washed, whatever, doesn't really matter as much. But if he loses, it's going to be a big fucking deal. And Connor's going to rub that shit in. And that's another thing for Connor. It's a huge legacy fight because if he loses his fucking fight, same sort of thing with Tony Ferguson. It's just going to be fuck. I mean, Tony's a little worse, um, but with how big and impactful Connor McGregor is, it's going to be a big fucking deal, dude. Big deal. You're gonna get the same sort of thing of oh, is McGregor done? It's McGregor's reign done, and all that different stuff. And he's probably he would probably be similar to Tony, where you're just gonna keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. But obviously, Connor's better. I think that this is gonna turn out better. I don't really know who's gonna win though. I want Connor to win. I'm a Connor fan. Um, he makes me proud to be Irish. <laughs> um, but I don't know, man. Chandler's a tough fight, and they're both not cutting. He hasn't had a fight in two years, almost three years, three years at that time. Or no, you know, two years and 11 months at that time. Uh, that's 
that's hard, man. If I were a betting man, I'd probably bet on Chandler. Well, actually, you probably wouldn't because it's probably Gregor better odds if you're looking at all that stuff. I don't know. Um, it should be interesting, though. I cannot wait. I really hope it, it's happening. We'll see um, when Dana announces it. Probably just have to wait till closer because it's going to be a packed card. You can't have a shit card with Conor McGregor and Chandler on it. Um, so I'm sure it's going to be big and they just haven't put everything together yet. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not Dana. I don't know. But we're going to keep talking about it. So stay tuned. Alrighty, that was the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoy the NBA slash MMA pods. These are always my favorite. Uh, I'll see you in the next one. Peace.